Welcome back, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Tom Caker in about 15 minutes on Iowa. Right now, let's talk some baseball. It is, after all, another Cubs Cards weekend, as we mentioned in the opening segment. St. Louis, downtown St. Louis, going to be a madhouse tomorrow night. Game three, Stanley Cup nationwide. We'll have 20,000 plus in the building. Bush will have 40,000. Thousand, I would think, somewhere around there. Uh, a lot of Chicago fans probably making their way uh, down I-55 for that one. Brian Walton, thecardinalnation.com. He joins us. Cards coming off a nice win yesterday. Brian, good to talk to you. How are you? Well, it was a nice win yesterday, but it has been what could be the worst April, excuse me, the worst May in team history. That's crazy. You know, we talked about that a minute ago, uh, and I think it was you that I saw that on your Twitter feed yesterday. It is, Brian. So... Um, I mean, there's what's what's I guess what's what's behind this? Is it pitching? Yeah, it's, Is it know, hitting? It's, it's Is really it really crazy when you think about it? Because on May first, the Cardinals beat Max Scherzer, future Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. They were twenty and ten. They were in first place. They had won ten of eleven games. Mm. It was they you know they were on a roll. They were like the top of the power ratings in MLB. Then they had that little series in Chicago mm-hmm. and uh, got shut out in the first game, lost the second one in a close one, and got blown out in the third game. And then all of a sudden, they just went right down the tubes. And it's just been a complete failure. It's it's not like you can say, you know, you point to one organ. It's like every organ mm-hmm. in the body has failed. The offense isn't scoring runs. The big guys that they're that are paying the big money aren't driving in the runs. The starting pitchers aren't getting the job done. Even the relievers, which has been the strong part of the team, have been inconsistent since Carlos Martinez has come back. He hasn't pitched well at all. And their closer, Jordan Hicks, blew a game the other yeah, day. And, and he's just rusty. He, he hasn't had any wins to say to try to save. Right, got a save yesterday. Right, uh, he, he closed the uh, the game in Philly. So, just if my math is right, Brian, they're seven and eighteen in the month of May. Is that right? Uh, they're eight and eighteen right now, and so if they lose, they'll be eight and nineteen, a two ninety six winning percentage. And no Cardinals team since at least nineteen oh eight has finished May under a three hundred win percentage. Absolutely incredible Shocking, number. Yeah. Yes, and things have gone awry. Let, let's kind of dig into some of the reasons you mentioned. The bullpen hasn't been nearly as good. One of the guys that has struggled seemingly all year long has been Matt Carpenter. On the MVP train a year ago, he was right there in the conversation with Christian Yelich for the longest time. But he also had a slow start last year. It feels like maybe he is heating up. He had a pinch hit home run yesterday in the win against the Phillies. Are you seeing positive signs out of Carpenter? Is it just a week that he's played well and, and you're still seeing some of the issues that plagued him for the first seven weeks of the year? You know, manager Mike Schilk has has shown a high level of confidence in his veterans. And, of course, the team showed a level of confidence. They gave Carpenter an extension this year when he was still over a year away from, a year, two years away almost from the end of his current contract. So they said, hey, Matt, you're our guy. You're our leadoff man. Every day you're going to lead, you know, be the first guy in the batting order. Well, the guy bats, you know, 200 for the first two months, so they finally take him out of the lineup, the leadoff spot in the lineup, and move him down. And they bring up Dexter Fowler, who had played – exceptionally well yeah. in April, and as soon as they put Fowler in the lead-off lead spot, he stopped drawing walks, he stopped getting hits. So it's like the lead-off spot's radioactive or something for the Cardinals, but Matt Carpenter just hasn't been what he's been in the past, and, you know, one game, you know, hey, that's, that's a start, but they need Matt Carpenter, and they need Paul Goldschmidt. Paul Goldschmidt 
has been okay, but he's not been the MVP kind of player that, that we've seen for the past six years or so in Arizona. Well, the way the pitching matchups are set up for this weekend in St. Louis, at least on paper, you would think, um, you know, it's, it's edge to the Cardinals. You Darvish, he's been better, but he's still not, you know, the guy that they gave all the, that they thought they were getting when they gave all that money up against Miklas, who's the, you know, he's the opening day starter. Then it's Quintana versus Flaherty. I get, Quintana's been good. Flaherty's been really good. And then, um, uh, Cole, who has been, eh, Cole Hamill's been okay. His last two not good. But Adam Wainwright, who's getting long at the tooth. I give the Cardinals the pitching matchups this weekend an edge in starting pitching. Well, I'm not quite as optimistic as you, but let's, let's go through them. You know, and interestingly enough, Ken, they, uh, Dakota Hudson, who's a rookie, started off very rough at the beginning of the season, uh, you know, got his sinker going pretty well, and they decided rather than have Hudson pitch on Friday tonight against the Cubs, they went ahead and, and had him move up a day, play, pitch the last game in Philly, and was, was really masterful yesterday. And Michaelis, who's, who was an exceptional player last year, is, has been pretty average this year, to be honest with you. Uh, not as bad as Darvish, so yeah, I get your point there. Flaherty has been one of the bright spots in the Cardinals lineup, and he's got a benefit over Quintana. And the Cardinals, even though the Cardinals have had trouble against left-handed pitching, generally over time they've, they've hit Quintana okay. Uh, Adam Wainwright versus Hamels, i got to give the edge to Hamels. Uh, uh, Wainwright is getting by on his, his trademark curveball and guts. Uh, his ERA is just right about five. Uh, he's been getting by, he's been getting through, but you know, the days of Adam Wainwright being a dominating guy that you can count on to win every fifth day are over. Last five starts for Wainwright is ERA over six now, 6.33, mm. and a one and three record. What's in those Cole five Hamill? Starts. Because he hasn't been good either his last couple. Yeah, didn't have a strikeout. What, was that last time out? I'm not sure. Didn't have a strikeout. Yeah, in the game. His, season, his season ERA is still at four, which would put him better than, than uh, three fifths of the Cardinal staff. Hmm. Want to uh, talk about that staff a little bit more with you as we're talking with Brian Walton, Cardinal Nation. Brian, you have Waka now back to the pen. I saw he went in the blowout, what, two days ago and just trying to eat some innings up there. With Michael Waka, any hope at all that he can get things turned around for this season? And and you mentioned Wayne right there. I know a lot of people are wondering, waiting for young Arm and Reyes that finally look to be coming back. And a lot of people thought it'd be in the bullpen. Are they targeting him to be one of those rotation spots just because of the issues that they've had in the rota- rotation? Yeah, yeah, good, uh, good questions. Uh, Michael Waka is struggling, and you know he's just not what he used to be. And he's had a couple years of shoulder problems, but he just can't get the job done. And they moved him into relief, hoping that that would help. Uh, brought him in a relatively close game, and he just, you know, had a dreadful outing. I don't know. I honestly don't know what the next step should be for Michael Waka. I really don't. He needs some kind of a fresh start. Yeah. Um, but you know, I mean, they can't really trade him. He doesn't have any trade value. You know, and for a guy, you know, with his experience, he's not going to want to go to the minor leagues. But at this point, he's he's basically a mop-up guy. That, that's all they can do with him. Um, Alex Reyes, I watched Alex Reyes pitch in extended spring training in Florida, uh, and he's he's and now he's been with Palm Beach. He's uh, pitched two games now in in High A, and he's done okay. They're going to move him up to Triple A, I hear uh, this weekend, perhaps. Uh, the big issue with him is he, you know, he broke a finger when he punched a wall, and he is cleared to wear a glove, uh, 
and field the ball, I guess, to, to save his life, but he hasn't been cleared to, to swing a bat yet, and so he has to play in games where there's a designated hitter mm. until they allow him to you know, swing, and obviously in the major leagues that's not going to be an option for him. So Alex Reyes is still probably a few weeks away, um, and as I mentioned, you know, Carlos Martinez, the other guy that they thought might be able to step into the rotation, has this mysterious issue with his shoulder where he feels like he can throw it for an inning or, or so, but he can't start anymore. And so the Cardinals are pretty, you know, hamstrung right now in terms of starting options, which is why they brought up uh, a young player, Henesis Cabrera, a left-hander uh, that, that started this last, this last series in Philadelphia, 22 years old, less than 50 career innings above double-A, but they decided to throw him in the fire, and he did good but not great. But he'll get another start probably in the Red Series. Uh, I was watching the uh, Sunday Night Baseball Braves and the and the Cardinals last week in Memorial Day weekend, and they they mentioned that uh, Jordan Hicks had finally got his first save in the month of May. He hadn't got any opportunities, I don't think, in save situations. Uh, but then, as soon as they got those words out of their mouth, you know, the a chance to back to back saves for the for the ace closer uh, of the Cardinals, and then we he didn't get an out, as we know, and the uh, the uh, cards would fall in extra innings to the Bravos. So what, what's, uh, what, what's, what was wrong with Hicks? Was that just too much because of the lack of use maybe going to him on back-to-back days as you go back to last Sunday? Because man, he's still throwing the ball in triple digits. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, he, looked, he looked fine yesterday. you got to say, that was his first blown save of the year. He's 11 for 12. Yeah, I, I, just, I just think it's, it's lack of use. You know, the Cardinals just haven't had any close games where they needed their closer, and so they you know, pitch him in situations where it doesn't make any sense or he doesn't pitch at all. Uh, and, you know, he had a great April when the team was going well. And I think the, what Hicks' lack of use shows is that the starting pitching has been so bad, they haven't been able to get to the late innings, to, you know, in a position to win the games. And I think, I think Jordan Hicks is going to be just fine, but they got to get the ball to him with a lead. You know, Brian, uh, this Cardinals-Cubs, uh, always such a fun series for us here in the Midwest. And, an extra layer being put upon it this year with the comments from Chris Bryant. I don't know what the dude's problem is with St. Louis. Maybe he doesn't like toasted ravioli. He hates St. Louis-style pizza. Whatever it is, but he called the city boring. The reception tonight, he'll be batting, I'm sure, in the top Second, of the first yeah. inning. You'll get to hear it early on. Boo Bird's going to be raining down, I'm sure. Is there vitriol? Is there any buildup at all with uh, Bryant making his first appearance this year in St. Louis? There are some people whose noses are out of joint about it. I I personally think it's pretty silly. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was a it was during their fan fest and some kind of skit, some kind of fun Q and A. You know, a pretty innocuous comment. But hey, you know, if if that gives people an edge or a reason to come to the game and and uh, cheer or boo, hey, more power to them. I hope the Cardinals, you know, are focused on playing good baseball. And who cares what Bryant said? I, I'll tell you what, though. One thing that is interesting is both Bryant and Rizzo are among the top five hitters in MLB in the last month in OPS, both like at around, right around 1,100. So, you know, hopefully the Cardinals pitchers will be focused on throwing strikes and getting these guys out, not what they, whether they care if the city's boring or not. Here's the good news, Brian Walton. As bad as May has been, they find themselves as they'll start to play against the first-place team in the division only four and a half games out. That's right. You know, the, the good news is, like I said, you know, the Cubs have played well, and then they kind of fell back and got in a streak where they weren't playing very well. And the Central Division is anybody's right now. And Milwaukee, who we haven't talked about, is right there a half game behind mm-hmm. the Cubs. And, you know, they're going to be there all year long. I think Pittsburgh will fall back. And I, I think the Cardinals are still a much better team than we saw this month. Probably not as good as we saw in the first month. But they're certainly better than a, than a one-game-below-500 team. And, 
you know, what better time to start it than a big series at home against the Cubs? Top to bottom, it's the best division in baseball for my money. Brian Walton, thecardinalnation.com. Brian, thank you. We'll catch up to you down the road. Appreciate it. Take care, guys. Good to talk to you. Brian Walton, cardinalnation.com. I like the Cardinals this weekend in this series. You do? I do. You like the matchups? I do like the pitching matchups. Do you like St. Louis-style pizza? I don't know if I've ever had St. Louis-style ribs I've had. Okay. Uh, I've never been, is it the Hill with all the Italian places? I've never been to the Hill. Toasted ravioli, big fan of. Are you? That's their specialty. Okay. The pizza, it's all right. So what's, what, what, it's very thin. It's like almost like that. crispy, kind of cracker-like. Mm, got my attention now. Yeah, um, and the cheese is different. It's a mixture. It's kind of a provolone mix, and they put slices of it across. Yes. A little bit different, okay. but they cut it into strips because of that thinness. You like thin. You have to have great toppings, though. A little more oregano, too. That's the other thing. You like oregano, then yes, it's right up here. Yes, got to have it. All right, so you're good. Next time you're in St. Louis, there you go. You're going to Chicago twice this year. I have twice in uh, like a month. Yeah. But no St. Louis trips I don't planned. Think so not not at this particular. I haven't juncture. been there in a while either. Since the Valley, sure, I don't even remember which one it was. Anyways, uh, we will come back. Uh, Tom Caker is going to join the program next. Jimmy B is about thirty five minutes away. We're going to talk to Jimmy B. Uh, we'll do the NBA with Jimmy B, and then about an hour from now, we'll be asking you to get your place in line. Uh, for the Claxons BBQ giveaway. You know, we were talking about this last week, Trent Con, and re- regarding Claxons. I don't know how many weeks we've been here. Where, where are we? We're in June, so we're about five weeks, so about 20 weeks. Yeah, somewhere like around that. there. Uh, and grateful to be here. We have done Claxons 20 times. Mm-hmm. That means we've had 80 contestants. 80. 80. 80. Of those 80 contestants, we have not had one female. That's right. We have not had one woman in here. Should we maybe have this discussion off the air? <laughs> and <laughs> no, as always, we can't, our production we can't rig it. Here. We can't rig the thing. But right. boy, we'd sure like to get a lady involved in this thing. You don't have to know sports that well either. It's a, look at look, look the guys that call in and think they had no that no sports. They get one out of three. Two and two has won before. One yes. and three has won the tiebreaker to get second before. And that's twenty five dollars worth of barbecue at Claxons, and it is delicious BBQ. It They've is. been in business for over twenty years. If you're a restaurant in business for over twenty years, you must be doing something right. As many of them come and go. We will continue on here with Tom Caker. It's Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station 1460. 24-hour sports anywhere in the world on iHeartRadio. This is 1460 KXNO. Hi, welcome back. Miller and Condon about a half hour away from Jimmy B joining the program. Claxon's an hour from now. Tom Cakert, right now, HawkeyeReport.com. Tom, Trenton, Ken, how are you, Tom Cakert? I'm doing just great. Good. So are we. We've got a lot of uh, blanks filled in as far as kick times yesterday. Uh, I love when these things start to trickle out. It's um, It makes it a little bit more easy to see the light at the end of the tunnel in, in, in some ways. But I want to start basketball with you. And the, the kid that's, uh, his last name is Beverly, um, as you well know, he was at Valpo. We played at Valpo. Numbers were down in his junior year. I think it was, what, eight and three, eight point seven or three rebounds somewhere around there. They need bodies. I get that, Tom. Um, is, is this a kid that gets the fan base excited? It's the, it's going to be Iowa, I guess, or New Mexico State. Kind of feels like they're settling a little bit or no? Um, I, I, maybe a little bit, but I, I think 
just given what's out there, he'd be a, a pretty good get. It was uh, the kid's name is Bakari Evelyn. Uh, Evelyn, thank you. Uh, yeah, and he went. He started out at Nebraska. Uh, Iowa had recruited him when he was out of high school, um, and then transferred to Valpo. Had a pretty good junior year, uh, and then had some uh, ankle issues last year that um, limited him a little bit. His shoot, his three point shooting was down by about eight uh, percent, and um, you know his, his scoring was down. Rebounds were down a little bit. Um, I just think they needed another body more than anything else and and uh you know it's kind of one of those low risk high reward things where you need the you need another player with the questions about Jordan Bohannon's uh mm-hmm. health going into next year so you uh you take what you can get and um you know hope he works out well and if he does then great it it was a great thing and if not at least you're not on the hook for him for two or three more years Fair point. and uh, you can move on and uh, recruit another player uh, that can help you in 2020. Tom, you've intonated that this is for all intents and purposes, a dud deal. He'll come on campus and unless yeah. something goes awry, he'll be a Hawkeye. That's how you see it. Yeah, that's how I see it. It's just, it just seems to be pointing that direction that unless, um, unless something, you know, on the visit happens or they just don't get a good vibe about him, uh, but they've already they already know him. They've recruited him in the past. They took a look at him when he transferred from Nebraska. Um, you know, they've got some history, so they know the kid. And uh, you know, Fran always says the big thing with the grad transfer kids is most of them just want to come in and have an opportunity to play. And uh, if they don't get that, then it can become a little bit of a distraction. And that's what he likes to avoid. So I, I think this kid knows, you know, kind of where things are with Iowa, and then um, he can come in and, and potentially earn some minutes. If, is there any other grad transfer names that are that are out there? Would this be it if they do get him? They would shut it down after this? Or are they still looking? Oh, there are, I, I think you always have to be looking uh, because there's going to be new names that pop up, and they will still have a scholarship available. So, um, But you just don't take somebody to take somebody. Mm-hmm. But there's always... It just seems like this thing is never ending. I mean, what what are we up to? About eight hundred kids transferred uh, this year, either grad transfer or regular transfer, um, and kids just they leave. And then you've got a spot, and you, and you like the kid, you have a history with them, you know them a little bit, or get to know them, and um, and, and it's interesting. Thank you. Yeah, always have to keep your. Uh, an open mind to to taking another kid if he's got a spot available. Uh, Tom Kankert, HawkeyeReport.com is our guest. Tom, when the seven uh, kickoff times for that we know of were announced yesterday, the one that seemingly jumped off the page or resonated um, maybe the loudest with the majority of Hawk fans, I would think, and people in the media, was, was the Nebraska game, the Black Friday game. It'll be the final uh, edition for a couple of years, being on Black Friday. They're going to play, of course, but uh, not on the day after Thanksgiving until when, Trent? Two 2022, I think it comes back, uh, if memory serves. Um, but the Big Ten Network's got it, and they've got to be ecstatic because, to, uh, look, it's, it's the Big Ten West, I think you would agree with Trent and I and everybody, it's, it's a complete crapshoot. But it's not without the realm of possibility that Nebraska and Iowa could be playing for an opportunity to play in Indianapolis next the following week. Yeah, I was um, 
that was the one that jumped out at me. Is this the not really the one thirty kick? I mean, it just doesn't matter. It's a Friday, uh, you know, so it's just whenever. But the, the Big Ten Network got it. I thought was really interesting to me because that's traditionally been, you know, Fox game or an ABC game or something like that because they're looking to um, fill their inventory for that day, and uh, it's usually an attractive game. It's funny because just before we uh, came on air, I was talking to our uh, got one of the guys from our Nebraska site because they're doing kind of spring review preview kind of things with each Big Ten team and. Asked, they asked me about that game, and I said, given the hodgepodge nature of the West this year, yeah. where any literally five teams could win the division, I think uh, this could be the year where this one decides Indy. And it's just, uh, and you know that Nebraska is just dying to beat Iowa at this point because Iowa's kind of owned them in the last mm-hmm. uh, four or five years. So this is going to be where Nebraska at home gives Iowa their best shot and you know Iowa doesn't want to uh, give up that crown of uh, holding uh, you know beat Nebraska on a regular basis so I think this is going to be a great game. Tom uh, on your message board the other day I saw a rumor and this is still just a rumor and when it comes yeah. to somebody with the screen name Party Hawk 420 <laughs> you can't exactly take it as gospel but uh-huh. a lot of rumblings going on former Iowa City West wide receiver four-star wideout Oliver Martin and Iowa maybe being connected, possibly in the transfer portal, and looking to come back home. Have you heard anything at all, Tom? So, yeah, I've heard a lot. But um, <laughs> this is like, I think, the third time that Oliver Martin's been coming home. <laughs> right, so, yeah, yeah. Um, th- it, it's like an annual thing when you know Oliver maybe takes a break from school and he's back home for a couple of weeks and the rumor kicks up. Um, now, um, it was running pretty strong and it, the sourcing on this was beyond party Hawk 420. Okay. <laughs> Good. <laughs> that they seem to think that maybe something was really going on, but now we've just kind of been told maybe not. And I, my initial reaction to it when, uh, when I heard it was, I'll believe it when I see him in the portal, mm. that's when I'll believe it because I just, I've seen this every year where, um, you know, he, it, it, the rumor surfaces. I don't know that Oliver's really starting the rumor. I, it, but it just starts, starts up. It kicks up and, uh, nothing's happened in the past when it's kicked up. And you've had people that were convinced, oh, no, he's leaving. He's coming home. He's going to go to Iowa. You know, there was a rumor earlier this year around December that he was going to give up football and go play baseball at Iowa. You just, until I see him in the portal, I'm not going to believe anything. Hmm. And he would be a sit-out guy to play with two years left, Tom? Well, unless he claims that they changed the offensive coordinator and, oh, and it wasn't well. a good fit for him and they decided to leave and then they're handing out waivers like uh, they are. he had a Halloween parade. So <laughs> um, you never know. That waiver process gets more and more Hit interesting. Miss. I mean, are, are we just getting to basically full-blown We're, free agency? They should. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I talked to Kirk about that, about well, three or four weeks ago and at one of the iClub things. And he goes, we're basically in free agency now. Mm-hmm. It just is. And because I, I think that the one that always jumps out at me that happened this year was the Tate Martell thing. The only reason he left is because he wasn't going to be a starter. Right. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yep. That's it. And they gave him a waiver to go play this year at Miami. And I think the NCAA is just going to hand him out because they're afraid of legal action that will just basically end the the uh, one year sit out thing because it won't stand it just won't 
And uh, once that legal challenge comes comes down, that's what's going to happen. So I, I think we're just in the era of free agency now. If kids really want to pursue it and they get the right lawyer, there's a lawyer in Kansas City that handles all these, and he's like undefeated and gets, <laughs> gets a waiver every time. Not too bad. That's the guy to hire, no doubt about it. Hey, finishing up for me with a, a little more basketball, back to that. I know you've been out and about here the last few weeks watching a lot of the AAU tournaments. You've had an opportunity to talk to Xavier Foster, and, and something that I believe you said on your podcast is the Blue Bloods that we heard, Duke was sniffing around for a while, Carolina, Kentucky. Maybe those guys are pulling back. Did I hear that right? Yeah, yeah. They've um, they've kind of pulled back a little bit on Foster, and um, and that's that was what he said. I said, are you hearing from those guys anymore? And he said, no, not really, not hearing anything from them. He said, Kansas, occasional okay. text message, you know, every few weeks, but nothing really um, big there. So he said Iowa, Iowa State, Baylor, mm. uh, USC were kind of the, the four that have been hitting them the hardest, and Texas A&M's getting in on them. So, um, you know, maybe good news for Iowa and Iowa State fans that uh, um, they have the potential to keep, uh, you know, a five-star kid in state uh, in 2020. Uh, last thing for you, Tom, uh, staying with basketball but moving around the Big Ten, Juwan Howard's press conference yesterday, I mean, he broke down ch- tears of joy, I think is how the, he described it. Uh, I, I saw it. It was, it, was, it, was good, it was a good watch. It really was. This guy clearly wants to be, you know, he's, he's back at home now. He's back in uh, his school and uh, I, I expect them to do a good job. Maybe, maybe we'll see. I, I, I think they got the right guy, Tom. How about you? Yeah, and uh, I wasn't sold like he, to be. I wasn't all in. Um, you know, when they, from the get go, just to let you know, got, he's got giant shoes to fill. Yeah. with John Beeline, though, and right. that's that's going to be tough. But you know, we may. You know, if they end up, uh, if LeBron James Jr. Uh, ends up playing in college, maybe it'll be at Michigan. So that makes some sense. Uh, that 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 will be interesting, and. Uh, Probably get Dwayne Wade's kid, too, based on the tweets that both those guys have A two for one. Tom, we're out of time. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Tom Kakert. Okay, thanks, guys. Hour two coming up next, 1460. KXNO, Des Moines. This is an X's and O's update on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. And I'm Trent Condon. The start time for the Cyhawk game coming up in September has been announced. Three o'clock kickoff on Fox Sports 1. Seven of Iowa's 12 matchups have been announced with start times, including the home opener against Miami of Ohio, a night game, 6.30 kickoff on August 31st. Last night, game one of the NBA Finals, and to no one's surprise, the coming out party for Pascal Siakam. Siakam flips it up and banks it home. He's got 30. The call from Mike Breen, ESPN, ABC. Siakam finishes with 32 points, a 118-109 win for the Raptors. Game two, Sunday night. Two MLB from yesterday. The Cardinals get a solid performance on the mound from Dakota Hudson. And Matt Carpenter continues to heat up. And Carpenter lifts it in the air. Out to deep left. It's another home run for St. Louis. The call from Fox Sports Midwest. The Cardinals a 5-3 winner. Milwaukee was in Pittsburgh and they brought the bats. Here's Moustakis again, a high fly ball to right. Polanco at the wall, and there she goes. Another one is out of here for Moustakis. Brian Anderson on the call, Fox Sports Wisconsin, as the Brewers run pass for the 11-5 win. The Royals were in Texas to face the Rangers, and Jorge Soler again goes deep. And he cracks this one high and deep, and it is yes. hitting the foul pole. 
Fox Sports Kansas City on the call. Home run number 14 of the year for Solaire. In Chicago, the White Sox get their fourth win in a row, powered by Jose Abreu. In the air left field. Allen back at the warning track. It is gone! Jason Benetti with the call on NBC Sports Chicago. Home run number 15 of the season for Abreu. And tonight on KXNO, it's Cardinals Cubs 715 with the first pitch from St. Louis. Live from the Wild Rose Casino and Resort Jefferson Studios, you'd rather be here. This is 1460 KXNO. Ken Miller, Trent Condon. They are Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station. 1460 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody, and happy Friday to you. Welcome in. It's Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, with you until noon. Glad you're with us. Hope you can stay with us. You'll want to. If you, if you love barbecue, we've got the Claxons Barbecue giveaway on a Friday. That'll come your way at about 1145. Coming up on the program today, guest-wise, we'll talk to Brian Walton, thecardinalnation.com. It is, as Trent mentioned in the update, Cubs cards this weekend. KXNO's got the series, the weekend series here. Uh, the Cardinals coming off a win over the Phillies, the Cubs. They get into town after uh, taking the finale of that Houston uh, that win over Houston on Wednesday. Cubs cards this weekend. Uh, Brian Walton at ten twenty five. Tom Cakert's going to join us. We'll talk Hawks with Tom Cakert as all of the well a good majority of them. What is it? Seven kickoff times now known. Seven of the twelve already in the books, and I think we can at least have pretty good speculate. Yes. Is- of the rest of the other five, but yeah, we know over half the schedule at this point. Trent, you know what? I was thinking this coming in today. If if I'm a Cyclone fan or a fan of a team in the Big Twelve, I've got major kickoff time envy. <laughs> I mean, come on, right? Uh, there's, I think all the, well, the SEC, yes, the Big Ten, the Pac-12. Did the ACC come out with the? Well, regardless, I know the pa- the Big Twelve didn't. Mm-hmm. And if they don't have a crossover game with one of those conferences, even Conference USA is out a lot of them. Um, when is Big Twelve going to get on the ball here? I mean, give the give the uh, the fan base a little something to, you know, get excited about. It's you know tomorrow's June for crying out loud. Well, that's fine. Yeah, save it till June. Save, don't put them all together. Stretch this thing out. Give yeah. us more to talk about. Well, you're not a Big Twelve fan. If you I mean, yeah, they'll be fine. Yeah, they'll know when the games know. are. It's not I like just, they're going to announce it a couple days before. No, I get that. Well, well, you're right. I mean, they could do six days. That's six-day window. But I'm, I'm just found it odd that you know all of these schools, all of these conferences, all of this buzz. I mean, look about we, we talked how much about the Hawkeye kickoffs times yesterday, and rightly so, right? It's a topic right. on May the thirtieth. But if it would have been there, it would have been one topic. With both teams. Now, yeah. it'll be announced next week or okay. the week after. And we'll I guess I could see a just your point on that. Make your own. You know, don't, don't fall in line with the SEC and the Big Ten and everybody else. Create your own. Yeah, but I'd be salivating if I... I just want to know something. Give me a nugget. Uh, Well, we'll get that next week. We will. Good, fair point. Uh, We will talk to uh, Tom Kakert uh, on uh, Iowa Sports coming up here at about 1045. And then our buddy, 
Yes, indeed. He's back, folks. 11.15. Jimmy B. 11.15, 11.20 going to join us, and we will talk NBA, and we'll catch up with uh, a guy that we both worked with at one point in our career, Jimmy B. Radio. You can follow him on Twitter. We'll talk NBA with him and other stuff with Jimmy B. before we get to the Claxons giveaway. Well, Trent, it was quite a night yeah. uh, in the NBA last night. It really started. It's funny. I got three text messages, bing, bang, boom. Um, did you, I know you taped the game because you had high school baseball duties last night. Yep. You had Southeast Polk and Des Moines East. Des Moines East, right. And the game got out of hand late a little bit. It did. Bit. 4-2 game in the fifth, and then uh, the bats really heated up for Southeast Polk. Mm-hmm. They wanted 12-2. Good team. Did you watch um, You know, two teams that could have a say in this thing? I mean, yeah. clearly Southeast Polk, right? Yeah, and you know, Brace Crabb was the starter for Des Moines East. He was their ace last year as a junior. Just got off to a rough start, gave up four runs in the first inning. But a, a young kid, a sophomore that had just pitched two times his freshman year for East, he came in and really shut down Southeast Polk. What's so, his name? Uh, Jefferson. Jo- uh, James Jefferson, I believe it is. Jefferson's the last name, though. He was really good on the mound. So good. I think East is going to be there in the Metro. It'll be them, Roosevelt. I think Lincoln will be decent there. Southeast Polk, as always. They got off to a little bit of a slow start. They were 1-3 and three going in. You know they're going to be there come late July, playing good baseball as they seemingly always are. And... Tons of good baseball around here. Every single year, the CIML, the depth of this conference, it's absolutely incredible. Yeah, I know it's a passion yours, Trent. I applaud you for doing it. I really do. And I'm glad we got Jefferson on the radio here today, mm-hmm. the young man, the sophomore from East. Well, as I started to say, um, the, the, it was a spectacular night. It really was. The, the game was outstanding, I thought. Eh, you know, for a game, have we seen better NBA games? Okay, I'll give you that. Um but the Canadian anthem was just tremendous. Did you did you tape that portion of the broadcast? I, I, I wasn't I wasn't pausing oh, for the Canadian anthem. No, but you know what? And, and a lot of people. I mean, I, like I said, I got Bing Bang Boom three text messages about my anthem, and I forget how spectacular it is. You know, it's, it's a great song. Years. It is really good, and a group called the Tenors did it. And it's really was really well done. Really well done. I know they've changed uh, a word in the. Have I told you this before? They've changed the word. They changed in, in the old last, Canada. Yes, in the last. Oh, I don't know how long it's been. Maybe certainly since I've been gone. Uh, maybe ten years. There, there. One of the lines in it um, was. Well, sing it for us. No, I can't. I'm not sure. I can. Sadly, I think I probably could, but I'm not sure. I want to, and I'm sure our audience doesn't <laughs> want me to. Um, I was trying to. We stand you there. on guard. We stand on guard. In all our sons' command used to be the. Okay. We stand on guard. In all our sons' command. Now, sons didn't go over well. Okay. Now it's all of us command. A little choppy. No, but it is choppy. But you know what's the right call? Yeah. I, I understand why they changed it. It's the right call. And all of us command. Right? The women don't command. The, you know, we, right, right. Right? They, yeah. don't, they don't care about our country? Of course they do. Yes. Anyways, uh, but it was good. But the game was outstanding. And you know what? If you're a, if you're a Raptors fan here today, you're, yeah, you're ecstatic that you're... Who am I kidding if you're a Raptors fan here today? <laughs> uh, but if, you, if you're... Following this series, and you don't want to see Golden State win. And there's plenty of those people. There are out plenty there. of those people that not, aren't necessarily Raptors fans. Mm-hmm. The Nick Nurse story bringing some Iowans in, maybe. Yes, I would yes. think so for sure. Um, Kawhi Leonard was 5 of 14 last night, mm-hmm. and the Raptors are up one zip. That, if you would have said that before last night, no shot in hell. Not going to happen. They need him to be great, and they need a player or two to step up. Nobody saw Pascal Siakam going off 32. No, not 32, but he's had his moments oh, in yeah. his playoff. But you're right. I mean, here's a guy. There's two guys that had big nights last night. Siakam, who went to training camp 
without a without a starting spot guaranteed. Fred Van Vliet mm-hmm. went to training camp and had to scrap and claw for the 15th spot on the 15-man roster. And look at the impact that he has had, not just last night, uh, but certainly in the uh, Eastern Conference Final. Uh, and then... Um, Last, of course, last night he was, he was outstanding. Boy, good God, Van Vliet. We saw at Wichita State, thought he was good. Mm-hmm. Not this level. Not this level. Good. Not, not for a team in the NBA finals. Right. Maybe he could carve out a role. He can yes. find a niche with the team that, playoff team, and it can be a backup, something like that. But this, I mean, he has carried them a couple of different yeah. times and been that bench scorer. Mm-hmm. But we have to mention the guy that you were absolutely killing. Danny yesterday. Green. Well, you look what it was fair, I think, to criticize him. Well, he had made a shot in three games. Yeah, it's true. So, yeah. Um, but you know what? He, it's not like he tore it up last night, but he had a couple of huge baskets. One early, but particularly late. Mm-hmm. When Golden State's hanging around, it's five, it's seven, something like that. He hit a contested three from the corner, which is his spot. Um, and that, at, when he made that shot, I thought, you know what? It's game. Game. Call it. Game over. You know, with Durant being out and the narrative that was forming, well, this Golden State team, maybe they are better. Well, I think you saw a couple of different moments. One that sticks out with me late in the game in the fourth quarter, get an open shot for Quinn Cook. Mm-hmm. Chance to maybe cut it yeah. to three? Probably. Yeah, could have been. I yeah, think it was six they... at the time. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. that's what it was. They miss it. Yeah. Because it's Quinn Cook. No guarantee that KD makes it, but right. who do you want to take it? Right, right. And, and KD wouldn't have been that open either, but still... Doesn't matter with him. Those parts aren't playing as much. You're not seeing Quinn Cook, but he played nine minutes last night. You had Looney playing 28. Those Looney guys, was pretty good, actually. He was, but those guys aren't playing the same amount of minutes uh-huh. that you see there. The other thing that stood out to me late in the game, Iguodala, well, as he was shoved mm-hmm. out of bounds. Yeah. That's a rebound <laughs> right. uh, on that Boy, one. Boy, it's physical, isn't it? But he's... Banged up, yeah, and and this has been. It's one thing if, if well, everybody else was healthy. Did you see him at healthy. the end of the game limping yes. off the floor? Yeah, he, he's in deep water. I think no doubt. And now suddenly it is they need him back because I still think this team would have been fine without Durant if everybody else is healthy. Mm-hmm. Everybody else is fine. All right, Rusty in game one come up with whatever excuse. I think that's part of it. I agree with you a little to an extent. They never had the patented Warriors either. The big run, the thirteen to two run, and oh look at that, they're up by four. How that happened? But Toronto's defense trend, yes, it's underrated. I think yeah. now that maybe not anymore because people are starting to realize. But they clamped down on you. Look what they did to the Bucks for crying out loud. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is uh, four. Well, five in a row now mm-hmm. for the Raptors and. Are you a believer, though? Does this change your idea? Well, no. And in Vegas, I mean, Golden State's still favored to win the the series for crying out loud. What's that price? A buck fifty minus one fifty. Yeah, if you take the Raptors, you get a buck thirty. I will uh, jump and add a little bit more to the Warriors that I already have. (laughs) Which means if you uh, you want to bet, you want to make a hundred dollars on Golden State, you have to put down a hundred and fifty. And if you want to bet the Raptors, you put down a hundred, you'll win a hundred and thirty. As we try and educate you as it gets ever so closer to full-blown sports wagering here in our lovely state of Iowa. Boy, they're messing it up over in Illinois. I'm not sure you've been following it. No, I haven't. It's uh, Well, you see a lot of commercials, actually, during during Cubs broadcast, during White Sox broadcast. um, FanDuel and DraftKings, they're getting shut out. Oh, really? And, you know, here's the misnomer about that over here, too, Mm -hmm. to an extent. Um, Yeah, FanDuel and and DraftKings are going to be in the state. You'll be able to do daily fantasy Yes, wagering. but you can't bet on sports unless they partner with a casino. Mm-hmm. So if they do, I mean, they'll air quote locals here, which, of course, Prairie is. Jefferson's not that far away. Um, those would be the two. Um, 
I would think. Uh, what's the one up the road? Is it Terribles? It used to be Lakeside. Oh, down, down south in yeah. Osceola? Yeah, I'm sure that they'll have it. So mm-hmm. maybe for the folks in West Des Moines, I'm not sure what that drive would be. It's 30 about min- 30 minutes, 35, 40. 40. Um, I'm not sure if they have a, a, a partner yet. But but my point being is, yeah, DraftKings and FanDuel are going to be in the state. But you're not going to be able to bet sports. You can bet fantasy sports, mm-hmm. but you can't bet sports. You put your $500 in your account for FanDuel. But you're not going to also be able to. Yeah, you, know you can't bet the Raptors and, and, and Golden State. You can't. You, you can take the bet, point and a half. You can bet though the the props that they have on there. Build your lineup for right. the NBA Finals. Those kind of that. things. And if you had Pascal Siakam, mm-hmm. you probably took home the money in that one last night. But you won't be able to bet on the individual game unless they got to be making calls though. They, oh, I'm I mean, sure everybody is. But here's the thing, Trent. Say say they partner with a casino in Sioux City. Mm-hmm. Is anybody from Des Moines going to? Drive out to Sioux City to well, sign up for the app? I mean, if you have family over there, that's well, one I thing. do, but I, I'll probably make some drives this summer. As you soon really as things, will. I think so. To shop around. Yeah. You're that sick. I have problems. Yeah, well, I know that. We know this. Um, but, well, okay. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm anxious to see how fantasy does here. You and I disagree, not disagree, but differ. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't think that it's going to... I don't think it's going to be the bonanza that some think it's going to be. I, I'm just not sure you're going to play fantasy sports when you can wager on individual games. I think people do both. They Not only will they do both, but there are certain people that just love fantasy sports so much that that's going to do. There's going to be plenty of people, I think, out there that are happy just doing the fantasy mm-hmm. sports and not wanting to bet on the individual games. I don't think it's a huge population, but yeah, I don't know. a percentage certainly is there. That is just going to do that. I'm fan- you know how big fantasy football is. No, I, I is do, and- but I do. I know how big it is because that's that's all they had. I mean, not in this day you couldn't bet on it right. legally, but you could you know play your fantasy, your office fantasy. But now that you can actually wager legally on sports, I I just wonder what it's going to do to the fantasy business. I think it's that the air. If I was if I had shares, I'd be selling my fantasy shares. Really, I think I would. I'd be buying shares and you know um, the the. Companies that can offer individual games. Anyways, uh, we'll get into that. What a crazy night it's going to be in downtown St. Louis tomorrow night. Oh, yes. Not only Game 3 of the Stanley Cup Final, but Cubs cards at the same time, in the same, within what? Quarter of a mile? Yeah. nation. Yeah. It's nationwide, right now? Yes. Nationwide, and of course, Bush are... Boy, it seems like it's a 10-minute walk at most. All right, yeah. Because I stay not in the Hilton that's attached to Bush, but the one across the street from Ruth Chris Steakhouse, which is kind of a little bit off the beaten path. That's where I stay when I'm in St. Louis. And when I walk to what was Scott Trade, it was a 10-minute, maybe 15-minute at most walk. Downtown St. Louis is going to be a, just a nuthouse tomorrow. I don't know with television contracts what could be done. I think of the same thing, but Fox has it at six fifteen. The baseball game tomorrow night. Wouldn't you want if you're if you're MLB? Wouldn't you want to you move your game to a day game? Yes, I, I don't think you can because of television. It's Fox's game of the week, Trent. So the answer is no. Can't do it. I don't think you can. Can't but move but off the, it. the just some flexibility right. here. I, the thought crossed my mind as well. I mean, is there any way they can because good God what a double dip that would be, right? Right. If you're so inclined and fortunate enough to have tickets to both Cubs cards in the afternoon and get down to game three for the you know, your team's tied one apiece in the Stanley Cup. Well, and it's regional coverage on Big Fox tomorrow night for Oh, baseball. it's regional, it's not national. So okay. it's either Cubs cards or Yankees Red Sox. Just say Let's give the nation Yankees Red Sox well, for got, this one. Yeah, we got that Sunday night too. Not that that matters, You're right? And move it up. I mean, mm-hmm. 
move it to a three o'clock game, even a, a one o'clock game, whatever it may be. I think that would make a whole oh, lot with more you. sense. You're preaching to the choir, my than friend. And doing that, and, and for Blues and Cardinals fans, I, I would love to see the TV numbers. And I don't know, is, is St. Louis, I think they're a meter market, right? Oh, I think they would be big enough to be that. That, yeah. that has their individual... By the way, you mentioned the ratings. We'll get into that in a second. They got killed last night. The NBA did? Yeah. yeah not a surprise. Killed. By any means with the Canadian team. But, but I wonder, percentage-wise, what the Blues versus mm-hmm. the Cardinals for game one of 162, as opposed to... The first Stanley Cup Finals yeah. game, but in, I think there's going to be oh, in, in, well, 1970, years, yeah, 1970. Um, I think there's going to be a ton years. of Cubs fans that make their way over. Oh yeah, you know, I mean, be, down easier I-55. ticket than you're normally used to. Mm-hmm. Probably ticket, so. Get in for cheaper and well, especially if yeah, that's a good point. If, if the games are right on top of each other mm-hmm. and they're going to be, I don't think that they can move out of that. And I think if they even would have. Been considering that we would have known by now. I mean, it's pretty late in the game yeah. to be to be tinkering with that. Yeah, th- this would have had to be something that came out as soon as the NHL schedule uh-huh. came out with the Stanley Cup Finals and the way that was set. All right, let's move this thing. But yeah, at this point, way too late. I mean, you got people coming in, people making plans how they're going to get there from outside the area. You can't do it. What are we? I don't know. Thirty hours away, whatever it may be. You can't make a change like no, that. No, not at this late. By the way, both of those uh, contests in. Uh, the Gateway City will be a part of our Claxons giveaway that's coming up at 11.45 here this morning. We're going to do, well, we'll do uh, Game 2 of the NBA. We'll do Game 3 of the Stanley Cup. We'll do the Cubs card series and the Tiger Woods prop as he's playing in the Memorial this weekend. You going to get much golf in with Tiger playing? He's hanging uh, it depends. Around. Yeah, it depends on today's round, I would think. Uh, I did see the 10 o'clock on Sunday morning, my Rocket Man show that I'm dying to see yeah. is at that theater in Altoona, so I'm going to make my way over to the 10 o'clock showing of that one. <laughs> Get home in time for some Memorial and some day baseball and settle in for Game 2 of the NBA, which I think it's moved up an hour. I believe it's a 7 o'clock tip. They screwed us last night, I thought. I mean, they... That was late. Well, yeah, especially when, I mean... I thought the game was tipping at 7.30 because the pregame coverage on ESPN was over at 7.30. Uh-huh. So I just assume we go from the pregame there into tip game, right? Yeah. Well, we went over to ABC, and there's another half-hour pregame show over there before we get to it. So anyways. <laughs> they got you last night. They got me. Did but you it was stick well with it, or do you go oh, back to the baseball? No, 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 no. Over to some in, baseball? No. Well, I saw a little bit of your twins. Oh. I uh, hit very quickly hit the lead on that one when I got home last night. Didn't need to watch that disaster. Martin Perez. Yeah, who's bad? Um, He turned into Martin Perez again. Charlie Morton. Yeah. My guy. One of my guys. (laughs) Got a lot of guys. You know, we talked about this trade two weeks ago. Uh, Chris Archer trade. Oh, yeah. Austin Meadows, Mm -hmm. who's now hitting 361. Drove in, what, a handful last night? Tyler uh, Tyler Glass now, who's hurt, but was, what, was he 6-1, 7-1 like that? Something like that, yeah. I mean, they took two prospects... The, the Rays did from the Pittsburgh Pirates in exchange for Chris Archer, who is just having an abysmal season by his standards. He's one in five, one in six, and, and has no clue right now. Um, and, and here's Tampa. <laughs> they got two guys that are just, I mean, trending clearly in the right direction. Meadow's going to be a star in Glasnow, I think. You know, he's hurt, and it's, 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 it's a, he's a pitcher. Uh, with an arm issue, so, uh, but anyways, that one looks like a fleecing. Brian Walton is going to join us next. Cards Cubs conversation coming up. I saw a stat, it might have been Brian Walton that tweeted this yesterday. If the Cardinals lose tonight, this will go down in Cardinals history as the worst month of May on record. 
What? That's what I saw. I'm pretty sure. I mean, and it hasn't been good, but that bad? You'd think, yeah. I mean, you would think that there would have been worse. Now, yeah. again, they got off to a great start. Yes, they did. They start, opened the, the season in Milwaukee, as we recall, and um, carried that over. But May has not been good to the Redbirds. Nice win yesterday to finish up the roadie before coming home and um, facing the Cubs. What kind of reaction is Chris Bryant going to get when he walks to the plate? That was uh, in my notes for one of the questions for Brian Walton coming up here. I'm going to guess he's not going to get a standing O by any means. No, I don't think so either. Uh, We will take a timeout. Brian Walton, I'll let you ask that one, Trent, since you had that one written down for one of your cues for Mr. Walton. Tom Cakert. At 10.45, we'll do Hawks. We'll go over the football schedule again. Big 12 fan, clone fans in particular. You'll get it next week. I guess, but I got a little kickoff time envy. I really do. I want to know these things. What, so you can change your schedule? No. <laughs> exactly. No. You're going to be in the basement naked regardless of yeah, these kickoff times. Right, true. Nothing changes but, for well, you. Well, you know that schedule, that kickoff schedule, that LSU schedule that I yes. is such a go-to? LSU schedules.net. LSU something.net, right. And they fill in those blanks. and It's just one of the check marks in your on your off-season as you inch your way closer to the season. Brian Walton next. Miller and Condon, glad you're with us. We're on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. He's replacing one of the great... Streaming live from coast to coast on iHeartRadio, this is 1460 KXNO.